Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn and has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. It's becoming a really odd niche podcast of people who really enjoy crime and crochet. <laughs> crime and crochet. Instead of catchy. stitch and bitch, it's, well, it could be stitches and bitches. Yeah, could be. Like as in bitches get stitches. Should we let Jen go last so she can sober up? <laughs> <laughs> I knew you'd point this out. Jen had two I drinks. I had two Aperol's, but that, I don't even think one is a full drink. I think that accounts to one pint. <laughs> to know. Stop, you're making me self-conscious now. I won't be able to tell you my tale because it's complex and I need to keep a clear head. Okay. Okay, <laughs> okay so you just need to do... Travel back in time, not have the Aperol spritz. Luckily, we all ate about four stone of pizza, so you have so good. Um, what do you have? How was your week? Anybody go deep diving on anywhere? Um, so I have, I've had. Oh, a I have a creep of the week. Oh, go on. Wait, Sorry, wait. In a rupture, I have a creep of the week also. <gasps> okay, you go first. Uh, so oh, I have to get his name up on Twitter. Uh, one of our followers. I don't know actually because this is I'm going to admit to this anyway because um, why not sometimes I just go into Twitter and like look at like search the creep type to see if people have been saying anything but not tagged us in it that's where I got that really nice comment that someone left about Jen being the salt of the earth and great crack um, thanks so someone who was listening to the creep type Jack Fennell I'm sure he won't mind us saying his name he actually um, emailed JT Leroy back in the day um so he oh yeah so listening to the creep dive episode about jt Leroy at the moment could tag us any of us um <laughs> when i was a teenager i emailed leroy to say how much i enjoyed his work and he immediately emailed back and offered to swap a raccoon penis for some irish <laughs> silver jewelry so i was like please tell me every single detail about this and he said not much to tell he was interviewed in hot press magazine i'd read some of the short fiction so i emailed saying that i enjoyed his work and thought it was funny that he was selling raccoon penis bones. Um, but he did not go through with the transaction to get the penis bone. It sent him some silver. Because he suspected that it was fraudulent. Which A con. He was right. But I would have... I think... I think she would have sent him... Them. I think she would have sent the penis. She would... He... I love that she's such a wheeler and dealer. That she... Even in that moment, was trying to get her hands on some Celtic Irish jewelry, mysticism jewelry. You know where it would have come from. You know that stall in Stevens Green. <laughs> It'd be one of those, um, one of those New spirals moon. that goes into a third spi- second spiral in the third one. You know that little like almost shamrock made up the spirals that you see on the uh, the stones at Newgrange. Oh yeah, yeah. One of them, real, real trad Celtic. A real missed opportunity there, Jack uh, Fennell. What about cladering? 
Should have sent clattering. I mean, how much would that have cost? 12 euro? Who's your creature? Should have sent like a Sheila and a gig or something. What's like that? that's a much more equal swap for a, a raccoon penis bone. The big you know, small, sh- the big Sheila vagina. Gigs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know if you can get them in Celtic Enya style silver jewellery, but maybe, probably, defo. <laughs> I'm going to spend the rest of the week um, sourcing uh, the raccoon necklace is for our live show. Oh no, our I've two actually, live shows. I've already been down this trail because no. I was like, you know, it would be so much fun merch at the live show, and they're really expensive. How much were they? Eighteen dollars a penis bone. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, I said I found some on Amazon. What about replica ones? Some of the reviews were scathing as well. What were the reviews? <laughs> Just that they were kind of scrappy and flinty and flimsy. Scrappy and f- but that's but like what? What would you come to expect from a penis? I would think at that point in time, when I'm reviewing raccoon penis bones on Amazon, I would start to question my choices. My life choices. Well, thank God somebody's reviewing them. So now we're <laughs> questioning, we're feeling like, oh, there's a scale. If anybody out there has informed. any, um, yeah. if anyone out there does have any uh, sources or any suppliers of the penis bones, we would please just slide into our DMs and, and let us know. Yeah. Give us a deal. And we will pay a competitive price, not $18 for it. If we could brand well, them, that would be trying to better. find a horse dick for everyone in the audience. Much <laughs> <laughs> more handbag I, friendly. I passed a guy playing a didgeridoo on Grafton Street the other day and I was like, oh, oh full you body didgeridoo. I could hear my anus screaming. <laughs> what, what else would we put in a, um, in a creep dive goodie bag, which I think should be a thing. It <laughs> should be a thing. Well, we're promising high things. Here. A bit um, of loose cat food. Do you remember yeah. that game we used to play at Halloween where you'd be blindfolded and you'd have to touch all the different things and there was always one of them with cat food? No, I don't. But <laughs> uh, next Halloween, for sure, it sounds great. Sounds Who's great. your creep of the week? Oh, my creep of the week is um, pretty much everyone, all the women who use my gym. Do you own a gym? <laughs> no, I'm among it. their number. Also a gym user. So there is a sign in the gym that I go to that I've just spied and become very intrigued by. Attention, ladies. So already I'm clenching. (laughs) (laughs) And the sign is requesting that women should use the hair dryers only for the hair on their head and are not to be used for other body parts. You're going to need to take a photograph of this sign. I Please. will. Shit, I should have done this week. I will take a photograph and we'll share it on my Insta or Instagram. But it's a fully, like, fully formed sign as well, insofar as like, it, it goes on to say, we've received several complaints about misuse of the communal hair dryers. Are they Beautiful. talking specifically about giving your pubes a blowout? Yeah, or like just a full body, I don't know. Yeah. What's wrong with giving your full, I would give my full, I would blow down my body. Maybe I it's taking too it's, much time. If it's Maybe non-contact. It's mm. But I mean, if I mean a hair dryer should always be non-contact. It's very <laughs> dangerous. <laughs> it's quite hot. But so it's, I'm there going, it's non-contact. What's the big deal? But at the same time, if I came up and somebody had like a leg cocked on a high surface and was doing like an undercarriage sweep with the hair dryer nice and then handing feel? it to me, it does feel nice, I'd say. What the fuck? Who cares? How do I feel about that? Why would you feel anything about it? It's it's it's, it's like it's nowhere wh- near. Yeah. Why would your will you care what your hairdryer has witnessed? I think you should know. I think you should only care if they go full contact and you've just witnessed someone burn literally burn the arse off themselves. <laughs> but I love like some graphic designer was charged with designing this poster. Brilliant. Pleading Amazing. with the women of Westwood Sandy Mount. Please um, to stop. <laughs> Please, please take a picture of us and put up picture. the Instagram. I've only put up since Jen ch- uh, taught me that you get the Giphy app and you can post gifts directly to Instagram. That's all I've done. It's, the <laughs> just, ever. it's just pure gifts. So what do, you, what do we have this week? I've got a good one, but it, it it's a kind of a spoilery. Again, a lot of our shit is sort of spoilery. And then I was thinking to myself, I guess that's what we're doing. So I, I mustn't worry about it. Right. Hmm? Do you know what I mean? Spoilery. Yeah. Okay. 
Well, I guess that's the whole point is you're telling a story. So yeah, yeah, yeah. you find it's... it again, the spoilers. Oh, people come here for their full service story, I feel. Okay. So what Start do you have? I have kind of a medium to long. I have a, sh- I have a, I have a shorty to a medium, but so it's good. I'm about the same. I okay. would say mine's kind of... Oh, I say dry, but then I'm like, wait a sell it. So, well, hold on, do we have our clickbait headlines? Okay, we do the headlines and we'll see. Oh, fuck, okay. Okay, mine is that time the Washington Post had a Pulitzer for like two days. Oh, yeah, you said that earlier on. I'm intrigued. So, that time the what's okay, the Washington Post. What does that mean? What's a Pulitzer? A Pulitzer ro- Prize is that bad for the Washington Post? No, it's very huge. Good. Mm. Okay, for two days only. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Usually people get to keep them for keeps. You, usually you'd get that forever. What's my one? Uh, come hither, uh, <laughs> come hither, young handsome man, and <laughs> let me film you while you tickle and Stop get tickled. Stop right there. Okay. I was so fucking close to doing that story. Today? Like, it crossed my mind to do it today. <gasps> and I was like, no, I know Jen has a long one. So that's the first time that it's happened Get that we've the actually fuck lined out up. Of here. And I'm going to, after the mics, I'm going to bagsy next week's story. Yeah, because it's because too of, dangerous. Well, my, this dangerous. one, I was like, I can't do this because this is a recent documentary that we've all seen. I no, haven't. I don't I think haven't. people have seen it because well, this it blows wasn't. my mind because it won loads of awards. And yet, I remember seeing it the year it came out 2016 and hunting around for another friend who's seen this fucking documentary and I couldn't find it. Okay, one. well I watched it as soon as I saw as soon as I knew it existed I watched so it. So did I. But I did get it illegally on the internet. So did I. Yeah, but so I think you a lot of people haven't watched it in 2016. But I think it was on Netflix for a while. Nope. Definitely not. Maybe it was. I don't I know. I think it I was like one of those ones that showed up really okay, briefly. Okay, so as somebody who doesn't know what you're talking about, well, I can't. Right now, I, this I, isn't that interesting. Am I, am I just launching into this now? Oh, hold what's on. Cassie's clickbait headline? The girl I, who predicted her own death. With a, that's just it. The girl who predicted her own death. Okay, I okay. think we. I, I'm going to call it. I think Cassie should go first with that. I'm going to bring up the. I'll be the middle of the human centipede, and Jen's coming up the rear. The, the, <laughs> You're the last one in the centipede. Well, I, I think I should go in the middle. Okay. Really? Okay. Yeah, I do. Just to... That, that's where I want to be. <laughs> you just, you just want to have I think end-to-end end human contact. <laughs> yeah, because yours is a weird one to finish on. People will no, no. feel... I have a full stop. Okay. But I mean, people leaving this podcast will feel... Queasy. Ah. No, no, no. They definitely won't. Come on, Jen. Jen, it's such a weird story. It's not. No, no, I have a full ending. Okay. Okay. Like beyond the end of the documentary. Oh. But wait, there's more. Okay, I'm so intrigued. <laughs> right, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna power it. Okay, through give it through us. Because look, someone, someone listening, us. someone listening's like they're 11 minutes in and they haven't even started I the know. story. Skipping, skipping forward 15. They're still bullshitting. That'll be my mother now listening in the car. She's like, 11 minutes in, you didn't even start the story, and you were cursing an awful lot. Um, <laughs> okay, the girl who predicted her own death. Catherine Hobbs was afraid to leave her house when she was growing up as an early teenager. She was terrified to leave her house. She became really reclusive and uh, really stressed out. And her parents put it down to the fact that um, they had gotten divorced and that her childhood best friend had had died suddenly of some heart disease. What age was she? So this is when she's like kind of 12 into when she was in seventh grade when her friend died so whatever that is that's like 13 13 yeah she started having these really dark dreams about her own death really dark specific nightmares and they were kind of recurring dreams and um she was so stressed out and she was so sort of they her parents thought that she was so affected by the divorce and the death of her friend that her and her mother moved to a Las Vegas suburbs away from where she'd kind of spent her childhood to sort of give the family a chance at a nice all-American life. But Catherine's mother, everyone called her Kathy. I'm going to call her Kathy from here on out. Kathy's mother, Vivian, recalls how obsessed her daughter was with the idea of her own death, like at that young age. And she said in an interview, there was one night she came into me very teary-eyed and said, Mom, I don't want to get older. I, don't, I just want to be a little girl. 
And her mother said, Kathy, we all have to grow up. It's not the easiest thing in the world to do, but we all do it. And she turned around to her mother and said, but I'm not going to. Oh, God. Dark. As her 16th birthday approached, Kathy became more and more stressed and more and more reclusive and stayed in her room all of the time, would not leave the house. Did she um, go to school? She went to school, but like she rarely socialized. She spent a lot of time reading. And on the morning of her 16th birthday, she woke up delighted and surprised and went out into the, the house and was like, I'm alive. I've made it. I've made it to 16. Um, she came out and her literal words were, I made it, mom. I made it. I'm 16. I did it. I'm alive. Right. So convinced. Um, and that's her, her sister, Teresa, recalled that in, a, in another interview. In the days after her 16th birthday, Kathy had a whole new lease of life and began making plans for the future. She left the house more often. She socialized with friends. There was a swimming pool close to some of these to hang out with. She had a couple of friends in their kind of uh, apartment complex. And uh, she seemed really happy. She developed an interest in beauty products and she started pursuing a career as a beautician. So she enrolled in beauty college and she had these plans to open a hair salon called Cat's Cuts. Three months after her 16th birthday, on Solid the 20th... Yeah, yeah, Is that on? Cuts with a K? Yeah. Uh, no, actually, it was Cats with a K and Cuts with a C. Um, Missed opportunity there. <laughs> really? <laughs> I feel like someone in the world has called their hair salon Cats Cuts. Did you ever see the one called Curl Up and Die? Yeah. <laughs> Genius. Genius. Sorry. This might be a little off colour, considering what's coming down the road this oh, God, of course. Three months and three days after her 16th birthday... Kathy finished reading a book in her room and went downstairs and told him that she was going down to the shop to buy another book. But it was late. It was like 11 o'clock. But they said it wasn't that unusual. Buy a book? And she wanted to go buy another book. What? She was going to the shop to purchase a book. Okay. And her mother assumed that she would go down with some of her friends in the complex because they usually walk down. Like the, the shop is about a block and a half away, so it's really close. Just a b- casual bookshop open at 11 o'clock at it, night? It, I think it's like, um, I think it's like a kind of all purpose sort of supermarket where they had gotcha. they would have had like books on racks and stuff so th- this is in um 1987 okay so there's probably kind of like a just a general like i don't know walmart, walmart. kind of thing yeah um and she went down to her mom and she said uh, i'm gonna go ahead out and go down to the shop give me a kiss before i go and her mom was like oh no sure i'll probably be up by the time you come back and she was like oh no i'll probably end up chatting to somebody so you'll probably be in bed by the time i get back okay and her mother thought that that was kind of odd, but she let her go off anyway. She was, just, she was delighted that she was socializing again. But Vivian um, fell asleep. And weirdly, at 3 a.m., she woke up and she'd had a disturbing dream. And she said, I woke up out of a sound sleep, felt like I'd been hit on the head. And all of a sudden, I got a very peaceful feeling. And I thought, well, it's over now. And I fell back asleep. Oh God, my stomach just took a weird right? turn. But the weird, like, felt like I, she felt like she'd been thumped on the head and then had this moment of like, oh, it's over. The next morning she went into uh, Kathy's room and discovered that she wasn't there. So uh, she reported her as missing. A police investigation began. The supermarket employee who was later questioned by the police said that he had sold Kathy a book and she had left and nothing seemed out of the ordinary. Um, there was receipts from the till that showed that someone had purchased a paperback novel at 11.17pm on the night of her disappearance. So it was believed that she had made it to the store, but on the way back, she was abducted. But they couldn't find any witnesses. Um, despite it being a really busy area, they could not find any witnesses to the, the abduction. Then, nine days later, a geologist was looking for rock crystals uh, about an hour away from where Kathy lived in a remote field near Lake Mead in Las Vegas. And he noticed a bad smell and he discovered Kathy's body. And beside her body, there were two rocks covered in blood. um, And the blood was analyzed and determined that it was uh, her blood type. And the the coroner determined that she had died from a bang to the head, a blow to the head with a rock. Um, her death was eventually linked to a serial killer called Michael Lee Lockhart. It went unsolved for quite a while. And then it was later connected to him because fibers around the scene 
matched the fibers in the car so like the car seat fibers or something matched a car that he was using at the time though he never admitted to the murder and he was never charged for it because he was already sentenced to death for other murders. So he's dying. so he, he was, wasn't getting out anyway. So he wasn't. But then some people, there's some people who, um, some accounts say that he had acknowledged that he was a killer and had likely killed her. But what had he done with her? So she was, uh, she was sexually assaulted and two blunt Fuck blows hell. to the head, and she was killed, and, and her body it, was just discarded. Does it look like he offered her a lift? Home, no so then I didn't include it in this piece because it just it wasn't actually that relevant but a couple of months after it was I think three months after she had disappeared somebody rang the police and said that they had witnessed two people and one guy pull a girl into the car and she was wearing like pink trousers and a white thing but it, it was nobody confirmed that that's what she was wearing okay. but he said that he didn't call the police sooner because he'd been out of town for a couple of weeks but he'd noted it down okay to call them um and that Weird. she had been pulled into a car so it just kind of it just sort of i mean it, it was clear that she had probably been abducted the fact that she was an hour away from where she lived um, but that was the only really witness account and the only person who'd, who'd called the police and he didn't leave a name or a number or contact. He gave the police, he noted down the reg of the car and he gave the police the registration, but it was unregistered. It didn't exist. Okay. So um, either he'd gotten it wrong or maybe he was a, uh, an accomplice or something who decided to call, but there's not much information about him. He was never named, that witness. <clears throat> but the most bizarre part of the story is that after her death, there were several letters discovered in her room addressed to each member of her family dated from one month before her 16th birthday where she was basically leaving letters to the people in her life convinced that she was going to die. And in a letter to her mother, it said, Dear mother, in the event of my death, you shall get this letter. I hope you live happily and I don't want you or anyone else to dwell on my death. I love you very dearly. You were good to me and nobody else could have been a better mother. Keep me alive in your heart and don't ever forget me. Love always, Cathy. And did Cathy ever say how she thought she was going to die? No, she was just convinced she wouldn't live past 16. That she was she murdered at three months after turning 16. Yikes. Mad. Yeah. God. There you have it now. What became, so he died in prison? Or is he... No, he was sentenced to death, so he was executed. And was he ever tried for her murder? No. That is not satisfying. No. So as far as her f- mother was concerned, mm, it's like, she, like... I think the fact that the, the fi- there were fibres found and fibres matched the car and he was like in close enough proximity, it was... It just ma- it matters. Yeah, of course it matters. That he was... Like that her murder wasn't just like, ah, yeah, you know, we thought... Yeah, that but I mean, so often that happens, like, it's, you know, that they have a serial killer, they find a crime that loosely matches, and it's an they unsolved case, and they just in. bundle it in. Like, that happened with Bundy. Fucking hell. It's a job lot. A job, exactly that. I yeah. think, I think the circumstances she must have been, of like, the having death. premonitions. Yeah, but like, the, forever, like, yeah, it was, well. it was from her really early teens that she became utterly convinced that she wasn't going to live past the age of 16. Well, it probably was that her friend had died. And so she got kind of fixated on this idea of death. Yeah, but I mean, she was old enough at the age of 13 or 14 to understand that people die suddenly, Mm. but not everybody dies. But becoming fixated on the fact that she's going to die at 16, I think is significant to the point where she left people letters. That is unusual. Yeah. And like dropped out of life. Yeah. Until after she'd passed the uh, the kind of cut off point. Well, it must have been severe, uh, like back before that, that her mother would move her. Yeah. Like she yeah. just was. She'd obviously been really troubled. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. There you go. Thank Something you. like so. It was just like a short stab of a story. That really was. But it was good. Like, mm. well, I feel uncomfortable I and feel, sad. Yeah. Yeah. Jangly and queasy, which is my usual creep dive feeling. Totally. During it again, I was having that old familiar creep feeling of jangle and queeze. <laughs> what, do Poor you want to hear mine? I demanded I go in the middle. Well then, come along. Right, well, my uh, crappy headliner 
but so crap I can't even remember. It's something about a <laughs> handsome man. It was come hither, come hither, come hither, and come I, hither, come hither, come hither, and I tickle you. Come here, and I'll give you a tickle. <laughs> give you a tickle, and I might pay you as well. That's why I cut you off because I thought you were saying too much, and you were going to reveal it to me, but you haven't. I still don't no, know no, what no. this is. So what I'm going to You're tell going you to love it. I'm is so a excited. fuckload of spoilers. So if you think you like the sound of a documentary about tickling and you haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Stop listening. Oh, and save and go, no, go. I want you to deliver me all of my stories forever. Well, no, because during my <laughs> no, I don't need research You're on, here. on this, okay, like the guys who made this document, like they crowd, crowdfunded the documentary. They're not loaded. So I feel like go watch the fucking documentary. Do go watch it anyway, but I think people will listen to this story and then go watch it. Jen, we have to keep people on this podcast as well and encourage encourage them to rate and review and subscribe and encourage them to follow us on Instagram. Don't send them off. Okay, look, I'm not sending you anywhere, but what I'm saying is if you think you might like the sound of it, a fuckload of spoilers are about to come up your rear. So don't come at me (laughs) saying I didn't warn you because this is a warning. So isn't it gas though, sorry, just on a side that there are people out there who probably spent years researching this to put together a documentary yeah. and we're about to unravel the whole thing in the next 25 minutes on a very low budget podcast. Low budget. <laughs> but yes, it is. And it's sad and annoying, but fuck it. This is what we're here for. This is like a clickbait and that's all we are. Don't ask any follow up questions because this is just something I read. But that's all. That's our MO now. That's fine, yeah. I I don't think we should reveal that. Okay, not to worry. Back in we go. (laughs) So it all started with a video of a young man. To say he was attractive would be correct. (laughs) He was in a brightly coloured... brave? He was brightly coloured tracksuit. He was strapped to a bed, writhing and laughing (laughs) uncontrollably as four other young men, equally as handsome and you know, somewhat clothed, straddled him, tickling him his feet, stomach and underarms. So that's how it began. Now, <laughs> can you deliver this whole story as if you're the 6-1 news, please? Okay, sorry. <laughs> I'm back in the room. A Kiwi, so this, this journalist guy, David Farrier, who was doing something similar to what we do in that he was writing stories about weird shit bizarre kind of tales Mm -hmm. so uh during one of his research days he started down this creep dive of his very own and he watched one of these tickling videos and uh he said this is kind of weird um uh, i I think i should view more of these videos i mean he had his own agenda uh david is a gay man. Well, he's he's bisexual, bisexual right? That that matters later on in the story. Um, <laughs> I'm not just I fully saying thought it. you were going to be like that doesn't exist. So uh, what I'm saying is, <laughs> is it? He, he might have been like, oh, this is fun to watch. I'll watch a few more, and then ah, this might work for for a wank. Yeah. Well, no. <laughs> uh, well, and also a story. <laughs> Isn't that how they all start? <laughs> Certainly, sometimes I find... Okay. Both wanks and investigative journalism, yeah. very similar in origin. It's like, am I going to use this for work? Am I going to use this for pleasure? Come on, doesn't everyone start their <laughs> journalistic day? Gets your rocks off. <laughs> it's going to get them hits or get them off? Who knows? <laughs> I don't think that's... This is getting me excited, but I need to do some... <laughs> and then there's a dark turn, like she predicted her own death. <laughs> okay, right. Back in the room. So... What was with this strange video? It wasn't strange. It was just like, oh, this is kind of, uh, you know, this feels like a bit gay, gay porny. <laughs> yeah, it's in the realm. Well, sure. For sure. But can I ask, was the guy strapped to the bed? Like, was he enjoying this? Or was this some kind of like tickle snuff that I the guy it. had stumbled upon? No, no, no. He was laughing. Okay. Yeah, but that's it, an involuntary felt... reaction to being tickled. But that's what's bad about being tickled. Okay. Sidebar? Quick sidebar. Yeah. So my mom doesn't believe in tickling. What the fuck does that mean? She doesn't have tickles. No, 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 no. She has very, very bad tickles. And she thinks that it's like, um, like a kind of a form of, oh, this is going to be a bit of a divisive one. Torture. Yeah. 
Absolutely. I'm on your mother's side here. And I, so she won't tickle my kids, for example. And she thinks it's really outrageous when people tickle kids and stuff. I have really bad tickles, and I, but I totally agree. It's torture. Yeah. And so she has very strong views on tickling. Okay, thank you both for that weird aside. <laughs> I just, uh, I've that, actually often thought about this documentary and how hellish that would be for me. I sorry, was, sorry, we should on. say, you've seen this documentary. Yeah. So have I. Sophie, you haven't. No. And we, anyway, back I in the like here we go. I feel like if someone tickled me to that extent, I'd probably, like I couldn't be held responsible for what I would do. Well, that's why I they were strapped down. I would start scrolling and lashing yeah, out. Yeah, but that's, they're, they're bound to the bed. Okay, sorry, oh, God, exactly. this sounds like a nightmare. No, 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 okay, it's not a nightmare. On. And when you watch it, it's really well lit. It's friendly. The guys are enormous. Uh, so you don't feel like anyone's a victim as such. Uh, they're dressed in brightly coloured tracksuits. It's all and happy it's days. actually not. The brightly coloured tracksuits. It's not pornographic. Like they're, they're covered. Oh, it's very light porn, let's say. Uh, what, soft. Softer than soft. soft. Yeah. So the point here is, I'm back in the room, along with this video was an ad recruiting, inverted commas, male athletes and fitness models aged 18 to 25 for situations in which attractive, ticklish and masculine guys are actually tickled in two different restrained formats. I'm not sure why the word actually is there, but um, (laughs) obviously... Um, our David Farrier was like, this is interesting. So this, what, what he'd happened upon was the world of competitive endurance tickling. <laughs> yes. This is a smaller world than you might think. You might think, oh, it sounds really cool. Like anyone can get involved. Yeah, I mean, it's curling like it could is be a recognized sport. Why isn't endurance tickling? And I, I believe that it takes a lot to endure that level of tickling sure i mean but it was weird enough for david um to be like you know this is weird i think i'm gonna contact the uh the promoter of this video or the producer so off he went and wrote an email to jane o'brien or brian jane o'brien media and all he all he wrote was look i'm a investigative I can't say that word somebody say it for me investigative journalist Uh, I'm from New Zealand I would like to know more about this can you please write me back so instead of just being like no thanks or you know not replying what David got back was a torrent of homophobic (gasps) insanity so uh, this the person that he contacted had obviously done a bit of background search on David and seen, you know, that he was, well, gay or bisexual. Uh, I'm not sure. Am I saying it right? It's not or. He was bisexual. So he, 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 had, he had been outwardly talking about that and that was part of his kind of background. And he, in the documentary, shows all the emails that he got back and they were horrific, but kind of comical. Like, so insanely stupid. Yeah. It's obvious that there's something deeper going on here. Mm-hmm. Basically, what they were saying was, we don't want to have any part in your kind of hom- homoerotic madness. We are, n- we are nothing to do with the gay community. This is a legitimate sport. Back off and take your gayness with you. And he was like, okay, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm going to continue and find out more. <laughs> so as far as he was concerned, even the way I'm describing it, this was like, this is clearly being viewed, you know, from the kind of, this is not a competitive sport. This is soft porn. Uh, and I watched a few of the videos and it definitely is. You could tell that somebody's going to get off on it. But totally. Like, well, like a it, fetish, let's say. Yes. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. But if it was competitive sport, like wouldn't there be competitors or what are they trying to beat their own personal best? Well, that's a problem. You were right about that, Sos, because when I was going through and looking up the research, I listened to a podcast about it and they were like, they didn't even have a counter on the top right hand corner of the screen. Yeah. Like nothing about this was a sport. No, it was just a video of a man getting tickled by four other guys. There was no sense of like, oh, you beat your best time. <laughs> it was, there was none of that. And surely like if you're going to have competitive tickling, the aim would be to not laugh. 
Like, surely that would be how you'd know that, like, you were... Exactly. Like, you had you'd incredible lost. prowess among the competitive tickler scene. Right. Exactly. So, this went on back and forth, right? And uh, David was like, look, this this is clearly something. I'm going to be digging around here. And, uh, and so he did. So, he was nervous but determined not to succumb to the bullying. And he brought on a friend of his, uh, Dylan Reeve, who flew to California to discover that tickling competitors as the tagline for his dog. Okay, so basically tickling competitors, they were no, it was no laughing matter. So the pair of them flew out to California with the aim to, to interview one of the guys that they'd seen on here. One of the athletes. So they had, so David was contacting all of them or as many as he could find and nobody had responded. And eventually he got through to this guy, TJ, who featured in one of the videos. And he featured in a video that had been filmed 10 years previous to when they met him. So they met TJ, a very nice guy, in a gym scenario. So the footage takes place, him just being interviewed in a gym. And uh, he basically talks about he got paid $1,500 to be a male model or whatever they call it for this thing. And he was like, yeah, sure. He described as well that he had a sick relative in at the time. And obviously because it's America, they had to pay cash to get the relative. He needed money. Yeah. And uh, he said, great. Yeah, no problem. So he did it and didn't think much of it until... He, I can't remember quite exactly what he said, but it was some, basically what had happened was he was, either he stumbled across it himself or somebody notified him the fact that his video had ended up on YouTube. Ah, and he, he was, was like, recognized. Okay, fuck, I don't want that up there. He was like, I haven't told you about my past as a competitive tickler. Um, and I, am I right in that there was a Facebook page as well that had, they had like native uploads to Facebook? Yeah. Because I think that's how I, I think I came across a tickled video. You did, because the Facebook page still exists, but that's another part of the story. Okay. So TJ in the gym was saying to David during their interview, you know, so I got YouTube to pull the video, which they did, mm. which is kind of weird in of itself, but the great happy days, it was gone. As far as TJ was concerned, this was fantastic until a tirade of abuse started. So at the him. threats began at him for reneging on whatever agreement he had never made in the first place. And so he was kind of act, like ignoring all this and trying to get on with his life until he got a job at a secondary school. He was kind of a high school uh, football coach. And the his boss, who would have been the head of the school, told him he'd been contacted by somebody to say that he was a like a perverted, tickling <gasps> pedophile. And... <laughs> Sorry. I mean, like of all the pedophiles to the be. The tickling pedophile is the worst Mr. of the worst. Tickled. Mr. Tickles. I don't know. No. I take him over Mr. Pinchy. Uh, but um, however, he lost his job. This guy, like, God. They, he basically, his life was active. He was being ruined. I mean, Can I ask, did TJ give any sense of the people who'd originally hired him for this job? Sure. You can ask that question. Because we basically find out loads about it. So uh, TJ had been contacted and then had been flown out to film this. Uh, a couple of middle-aged guys, one guy who later on is a part of the story, had filmed it and produced it and put it online. He said a few other guys were there. It was all very casual. It felt a bit weird. I knew it was sort of not au fait, but it wasn't nude. It felt very fluffy. It was grand. 1,500 grand. 1,500 quid. Yeah. Totally grand. But absolutely grand. And he was put up for three or four nights, so he was happy out. So that's as a trans- That's why David was finding it so difficult to get anybody to talk, any of the guys he could see on the films to talk. Of course, because they'd heard about what happened to TJ. Yeah. So on we go. During David's research, he discovered a network of tickle cells. So groups of recruiters <laughs> used by this media company, Jane O'Brien Media. I'm saying it wrong. It's o b r i e n. Is that Brian? No, it's O'Brien. Cool. It's so, such a boring name for like something that's in control of tickle cells. Well, exactly. You would never. You would never kind of. Sorry, no offense it. to anyone called Jane O'Brien who might listen to the creep type. There's probably there's probably, probably is. is. 
So uh, sorry, Jane. Creep of the week. Creep of the week. <laughs> Make so, yourself uh, known, Jane. He uncovered cells, as he calls them, in the UK, obviously in the USA, in Australia, Italy, Spain, Denmark, Canada, oh. and all countries uh, that have provided participants. So there was t- international. Like, it was an international thing. He spoke to young men who were willing willingly flown to Los Angeles on all expenses paid jaunts being paid anything from fifteen hundred to thirty thousand dollars a time, as well as frequently been given gifts like concert tickets, gadgets, uh, to be filmed comp- competing. So there's loads of fucking money here, right? Oh my god, who is paying for well, this? Well as far as David could like like these videos were being uploaded onto YouTube. Nobody's paying for that. It was, as far as he was concerned, it wasn't going any further than the kind of semi-clothed tickling. So he was like, what the fuck is going on here? This feels like one person's journey or one person's fetish. Very micro-madness. Or, or maybe this small group. Yeah, it, it was really questionable of the monetization. I think that's what really stood out for being very strange. Totally. Like it, it, wasn't, it wasn't being distributed openly on pornographic channels. No. Because it kind of wasn't really porn. Yeah. Um, and the fact that you could get it for free and blah, blah, blah. So on the surface, the competition seemed odd, but harmless. Uh, the men are clothed. No explicitly sexual acts take place. As Farrier puts it, tickling is the most innocent thing in the world. Uh, <laughs> is it? Mm. Mm. You know, I agree. Uh, an emphasis is put on the sporting nature of these events. with No suggestion that there might be anything sexual about them. Okay. So, however, when some of the men got cold feet, things started to take a darker shade. So like TJ, other guys as well were like, look, they might have pulled out last minute. So claiming they didn't fully understand what they were getting involved with. They said they believed the videos were test material for a reality show or for military research, some of them said, into potential torture tactics. I believe that. Well, whatever their reasons. <laughs> they said they didn't expect to find the tickling videos online, but the request to have them taken down went nowhere. So, this guy, TJ, was David's kind of main thing. So, whenever his name... Basically, they wrecked him. So, whenever his name was Googled, uh, this video popped up, a website that was allegedly set up in his name, giving out all details, including his address, phone numbers, schools where he was coaching... Uh, they were all contacted to say he was a drug addict, child molester, all untrue. TJ said it cost me money, cost me jobs, it cost me harassment. Like oh my he, God. he was really damaged by this, and he wasn't the only one. He was the one that came that was willing that came to actually talk it. about it. So yeah. you can only imagine what the rest of them went through. So a former Tickle video producer was similarly bombarded with vicious letters, and postcards, when he decided he'd had enough. Um, this is funny, but not funny. Uh, so one card was sent to this ex-producer's um, mother, Edward being his dead brother, and it was roses are red, violets are blue, perhaps you wish, perhaps instead that David, your failure, not Edward, were dead. Like terrible... That's just bad. Terrible poetry <laughs> bad was sent. Bad rhyming. Like threatening, awful poetry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> It would have just, it would have been so much more impactful as just a mean letter if they had just <laughs> left out the roses are red. Like it'd be much more mad as it was like, perhaps you wish David was dead instead of Edward. Exactly. Well, look, it gets fucking weirder. So Jane O'Brien, me- Jane O'Brien, Brian Media. <laughs> I just start trying to <laughs> fix the rhyme. Yeah. You can. Roses are, are red. Violets, violets are, are blue. blue. Roses are red. Perhaps you wish David was dead. <laughs> no, he added in loads of other shit. Yeah. Roses are red. Violets are blue. David's dead, but we wish it were you. Much better. Much hey. better. Gold and I just, star. there now, come on, fixed it. So already watching the documentary, you're like, clearly this is one fucking weird guy. Yeah. And you would be right. And is it one like really mega rich weird guy? You would be right about that too. So like a kind of a Howard Hughes kind of guy. Correct. So this guy, as look, I'm fast forwarding here because you could. there's so much in the documentary. You can go back and pick it all apart. So, but basically what this was, was this one guy, David D'Amato. I'm going to say his name correct. D'Amato, Tomato, um, D'Amato, D'Amato, who yeah. cares? Uh, so Jane O'Brien Media was this production company set up and their Facebook page was under this. 
all the all the videos were under this heading in their YouTube thing. And every th- every time David will contact this company, it would be signed off by women's names. Mm. And he was like, okay, okay, this is, look, this is definitely not a woman I'm dealing with here. <laughs> it's obvious. And he would be right. So I'm going to skip ahead a bit here because I'm just, I could go on for hours, but I shan't. So here we go. So again, the real, the problem this he was having was that David was making this out to be adult-oriented homosexual content, and the Jane O'Me- uh, the Jane O'Brien media person contacting him back was taking major offense to this. Right, major fucking offense. <laughs> this is just so and anybody. Random. I'm loving it. Anybody kind of contradicting that he was, they were being got after like in a Scientology way. Yeah. So the threats were coming hard and fast. And then, and so were the lawsuit papers. So David and his colleague, whose name I've forgotten, let me just scroll back up here. Another, oh, this is terrible, I have to get his name because he was very important. Dylan Reeve. We're both receiving all this legal, I'm going to sue you, chit chat. Back the Cease shit off. Letters. Yeah. Now, one of the headers of the letters, David actually called the company it was a legitimate solicitor, a, a lawyer's firm in New York or somewhere. And uh, they were like, that's not us. <gasps> but all, they were like, what the fuck? Who's using our header? This language is all correct, but it ain't us. Ooh. So he was like, okay, Grant, maybe that's all bullshit. I'm just going to relax for a minute. Uh, but they kept coming. So eventually then he was contacted to say, I'm, we're sending out three representatives to New Zealand where you are. Uh, what? To stop you doing what you're doing. <gasps> no. And David's like, okay, what day are they coming in on? I'm freaked out, but I'm going to go to the airport and meet them, which he did. And he filmed and f- the I meeting. And film it. Bizarre. So he took a, uh, he made up a, a rainbow sign. Over it. Uh, to meet them. And it was, it's the weirdest, most awkward piece of footage you have ever seen. As three, I don't know, look, I don't want to insult anyone. But three of the most bizarre people, men, came off the plane to meet David and presumably Dylan, who was feeling fucking bizarre. Men, women? Three men. Yeah. One young, one youngish looking guy who just looks baffled and confused. Now, they'd been <laughs> on a long flight, so I'll give them that. <laughs> one guy uh, who becomes kind of a main man in the film, Kevin. Uh, long hair. Looks like a producer, uh, kind of an old, kind of looks stunned. And another totally bizarre man who greets uh, David with a big delighted, how are you? How kind of you to meet us? (laughs) Until long haired Kevin says, are you filming us? Stop filming us. And David says, you're in New Zealand. I'm allowed. And then this weird, awkward, like we're going to meet you off camera. Stop, put the fucking film down. Please stop what you're doing. So they meet again. David has a secret recording device on him. He doesn't video them, but you hear what they're saying to David. And what they're saying is, don't continue down this road. There's a guy funding us, paying us to stop you. We don't know him. We've never met him. But we know he has loads of fucking money. Wow. So David was like, okay, this is weird. Obviously, you're here. He's paid for your flights. Yeah. But are you three the guy? Is this something, you know, basically, they were right. They had never met this guy. Or, well, that's kind of what we believe as we're watching. Yeah, it's true. It feels true. And after the fact, we don't know whether they knew him or not. But it makes sense that they kind of didn't know him. So the, the guy, the main guy funding all this was David D'Amato. Who was, oh God, this is kind of, it's kind of creepy thinking back. But basically, D'Amato, he had been funding all of this. Yeah. Paying everyone, paying everyone top fucking dollar. Where yeah. One of the producers got 80 grand to film a few of these, like, madness, tickle videos. And paying the, the subjects of the video up to six guys between 1,500 and 30 grand each. I just, I mean, Tons I know this is beside the point, but I'm like, David, you could have produced this for way less money. 
Well, he... <laughs> yeah, but there was more to it than just a video. Like, they thought that... Well, the guys knew that it wasn't really a sport. They were just getting their book. But presumably he's paying a production company just go along with this weird thing. Don't ask any questions. But what he was paying was Kevin, one of the guys who arrived, was a producer for gay porn. So he made gay porn films anyway. Mm. So he was contacting guys in the industry. Do you know that way? So it wasn't like they were, they wouldn't have asked many questions anyway. It's not like, and what he was filming wasn't so extreme that they would have given a shit about it. Yeah. And I'm like, this is way easier than what I was doing yesterday. Yeah. I will happily do this. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so where was I? Is this connected with like bespoke porn? Well, that's what I was going to say. After the fact, this would have been before. And uh, John Ronson did a piece on this bespoke porn and it came way after. But this bespoke porn would have been exactly what David D'Amato wanted. Mm. So you would have just paid a production company to do whatever the fuck to get actors in and you did all the casting. You told mm. them exactly specifically what you wanted the actors and actresses to do. Mm. And nobody asked any questions and everybody's happy. And that was the end of it. But this obviously, it, this is before that. And also because, yeah, I don't know. It, it still remains to be seen what David was really getting out of this. Obviously. And also, why was he going so crazy about some guy in New Zealand asking a few questions? Because he was the first guy to put two and two together. And crucially, to connect, as he did later on, David with this Jane Media O'Brien. Okay. Sorry, Jane O'Brien Media Company. Okay. So not only did he discover that, he said it was, it kind of describes in the documentary as it being pretty simple. So he ended up getting, it was really easy to, well, I, he, he stumbled upon this guy, uh, David's name, along with Jane O'Brien Media. Mm. Not only that, but he ended up with David's, some of David's bank statements. He had all of this information on him. So he, like, totally bizarrely, he could see that previously this David guy had been jailed. Right. Very interestingly. So he had been, way back when, a kind of masquerading as a woman, what is it, Tickle Terry? So Tickle Terry would have been within all these chat groups and kind of luring men into kind of, this was the beginnings of... The fetish. Yeah. Ah. And then if people started to displease Tickle Terry, <laughs> she would unleash fucking hell on them. And such hell that she ended up cracking into various computer, uh, various colleges, whatever the colleges that the, these people went to, like their main database, know, kind database, of database, but leaving kind of tra uh, like trails of their email address and their names. So eventually Tickle Terry was prosecuted for this, but only specifically for cracking into d the, the database end. So I think he ended up serving six months or something. Okay, so it's like some kind of... Yeah, he was never prosecuted for harassment or specifically okay. the things you would like for him to be prosecuted for. Okay. So anyway, on we march and then t two and two get put together and David, sorry, our David Farrier finds David D'Amato. Is that his name? Have I confused everything now? Is the original guy called John? <laughs> David Farrier is our journalist, yes, yes, the main sorry. protagonist. Um, David David D'Amato is the baddie. The rich yeah. guy. Yeah. So he finds, and he runs behind him in the street. We get a profile of him. Not only that, he also interviews David's mother-in-law, not mother-in-law, stepmother. Ooh. Who describes David's past as uh, he? Just, she's, she wasn't very flattering, but she said he was bullied and he was a strange guy. She considered him to be asexual. And how does he make his money? Well, David D'Amato's father was a very big lawyer man and owned a building. He had loads and loads of money. So, and the oh God, like for somehow. <laughs> There was a bank statement on there. He figured out that he had like six million in a checking account, for instance. And that's just a checking account. Whoa. And then there was a trust fund set up for him as well. Oh, God, you see, nothing good can come. Mo money, mo problems. Found. Yeah. So the film was produced and received and well and everything was grand. And at the end of the film, we sort of... It kind of like documentaries do. They, they never got an interview from David. It sort of was like, this is... The end of the documentary, I guess, you know. Yeah, David D'Amato declined to speak exactly. to us. <laughs> Until 
these weird fucking things started happening at various Sundance festivals. You know, the Sundance Festival. I think, it does it happen across a few cities? Anyway, they were touring the premiere. Okay. And all this mad shit started happening in the audience of the film. Okay. It's like, on, on one occasion, the first weird thing was a guy showed up taking notes furious, like, furiously. People in the audience were, like, this guy had a big flip chart. I was angrily scrolling across it, like, you know, moving the page really loudly and angrily. Muttering under his breath. Sure, Just exactly that. Rage watching. So much so that he was escorted from... For angry note-taking. For the... And then... So what you're seeing... And then they started recording. And then what happened was another guy showed up and he was clearly recording the video in a Starbucks coffee cup. <laughs> Like, obviously, uh, a few of the guys in the audience again were interviewed and they were like, this there was an obvious guy who turned out to be a uh, private investigator hired by David. Uh-huh. Then Kevin fucking shows up. You remember the oh, producer? Of course. Yeah, long hair. And so he shows up then and has a, a run in with, da- uh, not David, but Dylan. Is Dylan the Reeve. The Dylan colleague. Reeve. Because D- uh, David couldn't make one of these. So Dylan took, took this premiere. And did the Q&A after. But before that thing started off, ran into Kevin in the lobby and was like, what the fuck are you doing here? (laughs) What the fuck is going on? So meanwhile, all of these lawsuit papers are continuing to come to the two lads. And they're both shitting it. Yeah. Like they're very threatening. These guys don't have any money necessarily. Fuck yeah. That would be terrifying. Should we just pack this shit in? I live in fear of us getting them. Exactly. Is this more trouble than it's worth? What are we doing? Let's just put it to bed. What the fuck? But it's the, the... dog had left the kennel what's that phrase horses out of the gate that's it (laughs) uh so it was too late then sure they were at the premiere of the show and this (laughs) continued to happen until the very last one david dimato david showed up something big oh personal appearance the motherfucking audience in the creepiest fashion ever just casually eating popcorn like really eating popcorn beside the private investigator and Kevin was up the back as well. So I think it was a, during it or before it, they were like, Dave, what the fuck? You're here. <laughs> We'd love to talk so to you. Meta. Can we just talk to you? And he was like, no, no, I'm here to see the film. Uh, I know you're doing a Q&A after. I want to sit through that as well. And they were like, okay, but we'd love to have you up. We've got a make- microphone. Do you want to get involved here? Is, is this, Are you here for... Is this good or bad? What the fuck is going on? <laughs> what are your feelings, David? Exactly. Explain to us. So the film gets shown and they video David eating the popcorn oh and watching God. the film. They must have been bricking it. Totally bricking it. And the Q&A starts and Kevin fucking knocks up. Just talking shite from the back row. And then uh, eventually then David starts doing a bit of chit chat. But he starts, He Dylan goes up to him. They both stand, they shake hands and in the weirdest, you, you see this sometimes happening when people fight while holding sh- shaked hands. <laughs> yeah. You know that? Yeah. So it's they like do a this. weird hugging with intent. Exactly. So they have this horrible, like fighty, handy, shake. shaky shit. Bit of tickling? No tickling. Where <laughs> D- uh, Dylan's like, look, we would love to have your input. Uh, I'm sorry if you feel that we've approach this negatively but honestly we were reporting the facts of what we found and then David goes on to talk about being what's the word when you when somebody ambushed well no when you're portrayed as something that you're not or misrepresented exactly and then blah 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 and he basically he starts threatening him and saying you really need to lawyer up you need to get a lawyer my friend you need to lawyer up this is really serious you know I have a lot of funds behind me this is going to get very serious and Dylan's very articulate and obviously well versed and he said well I'm not sure the jurisdiction stretches to this far Um, blah 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 his various kind of legal retort he's obviously done his research they've been being Mm. actively being sued for the last two years yeah Uh, and back and forth it goes and, and this then, is all in front of a whole this is cinema in front of audience. A cinema of people recording it oh, at the same time. Oh my God, you'd love it. You'd so, love it. I mean, it was crazy, but amazing, but intimidating. Like I would be intimidated. And then they kind of go outside and David starts saying to Dylan things like, I know you're a family man. He's threatening his family, basically. Yeah. But also being really super homophobic then about uh, David Farrier, the journalist who isn't there. And just talking all sorts of smack about him. Um, 
Imagine now, though, turning around to David, the journalist, and him texting you afterwards, being like, how did that screen and go? And you'd be like, um, tomato <laughs> turned up. Like, wouldn't you fucking kick yourself? You yeah. would fucking kick yourself. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah. But, I mean, no, but Dylan was more equipped, I think, in that moment to deal with this shit. No offence to David, but you'd, ba- you'd put your money on Dylan. Yeah. Like, he was... He, he was the right man for the job. He was the right man for the job. So then things die down for the pair of them and they do all their press interviews they do various podcasts and they're talking they're they're pushing the film across all various parts and and this is like 2016 yeah yeah and then 20 and then into the end i think of 2017 and then david dies <gasps> david damato dies oh my god those lucky fucks or does he oh because i think no he does <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> sorry <laughs> Or does he? He does. He definitely you does. would think. And or they I thought themselves. <laughs> they were like, there's no fucking way he's dead. He's just trying to. Uh, he's just trying to fuck with us. He's just trying to fuck with us. Yeah. So anyway, he is dead. And they're like, this is great. <laughs> Thankfully, he's gone. The suing will end. But actually, it doesn't. Because in US law, you can sue people after you've died. Your estate can effectively <laughs> continue to sue you. So they're. They're, I mean, it's awful. Like because what they're, they're that just, is so American. It's so That's American. The most American thing I've ever heard. But I'm just going to bring up here. Uh, oh great! This guy who was suing me is dead. Oh wait. Oh wait. No, he's not. He was also at the time suing Dottie, his his stepmother, who uh, you remember called him asexual and and oh, told yeah. everyone he was kind of a dweeb. Um. So you not know you cool, think Dottie. everything's grand. Until you just casually search Jane O'Brien Media in, in Facebook and stumble upon an active continuation. Oh, it's someone's still carrying on his going work. On. It's, it's carrying on its work under the same exact profile. Here it is. It's, it still exists. It still exists today. And... Uh, the guys have been have contacted this the guy who's currently how many likes has it got? Not many, like no. eighteen hundred or something. But it's the original site. It's Weird. Who's updating it? This guy Palermo. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's ongoing. The drama ongoes now. The guy who's currently updating it seems a lot more open about it. Uh, I do, it doesn't feel as if he's going to kind of threaten anyone's life or livelihood. <laughs> We would hope. One would hope. Um, Tickletopia. Tickletopia, yeah. Is some kind of club night. Can I say their logo is fucking amazing. Two tickling hands above a dangling thing. It's genius. I can't see the tickling hands. You might have to go into the website. Uh, Anyway, so that's the story of Tickled. And I highly recommend going to check out the documentary, even though I just ruined it for you. (laughs) No, I don't think you were because it didn't. Uh, there's a lot more in the documentary about discovering the downfall, the the realization that Jane O'Brien is David D'Amato. Yeah, and also about where David D'Amato. But one thing that we never fully understand is David D'Amato's motivations. Well, he just wanted to have a wank and watch some lads tickle each other. I mean, what's the what's the mystery? But it it mm. is that not enough for you, Cassie? It's a fetish. Yeah, it's why did he give a shit that those guys, you know, that's... But why did he publicise them? I think there was a bit of a kind of a, a kickback of he liked the feeling of power over them he had. So basically he was able to kind of wreck their lives or threaten them. And he, it, that was obviously part of the, the fetish. Yeah, I just think there were better ways to do it. I'm I mean, loving these um, screen grabs from this uh, recent... It's day four ended with a bang with super ticklish Cameron and his one-hour gang tickle. You know what Have I'm you saying? Tried they're to joyful. Oh, Look at the screen grabs. Can they're you get any of these on Pornhub now or is it just YouTube? You, well, I'm not even going to look. You can definitely get them on Pornhub, but your Pornhub just collects everything. It's just an aggregator, isn't it? Yeah. Content. Exactly. Isn't that, isn't that every, everything but the, on the But if you watch these, there's no question. Anyway, so that's Tickled. Thank well, you, I was tickled by that. So was I. I was expecting oysters at some point. No, no, that's a call out I want to do at the end of the show. Okay, fair. Okay. Oh yeah, you did this the other day. 
That wasn't the story that you teased to you two in the in our group WhatsApp. No, no. she no. promised oysters. No, no, no. That's something I'm, I'm, I'm. I basically I need to do some actual digging around because this is an Irish story about somebody called Oyster Man, and if you recognise Oyster Man or know anything about this story, you're to come at me because I have a bit of info. And I need more. She needs more. And it's going to make everyone feel sick. Great. Can't wait. Oyster Man. Coming soon on The Creep Dive. Coming soon. Okay, well, this episode has gotten far too long. So through the magic of editing, we're going to split it into two. Take a break, make a cup of tea, follow us on Instagram at The Creep Dive and come on back in for part two. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.